1: Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Lock On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, available free on any podcast platform. Make sure you're subscribed, leaving those five-star ratings and written reviews for the podcast, please, and thank you. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, we're going to sit down here today with John and Cody, the host of Locked On Texans, for our second crossover episode of the 2021 season. Today's episode is brought to you by Lockdown On NFL Sunday. If you are looking for a new Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth, check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. No sketches, no celebrity cameo, cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with hosts Cody Roark and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Lockdown Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. Like I said, it's Crossover Thursday. The boys from Locked On Texans are in the building. Let's get it going. Crossover Thursday as we sit down with the fine gentlemen of the Locked On Texans podcast, Mr. Cody Davis, and, of course, my man John. We're going to sit down here today and get everybody prepped. And first things first, uh cody john obviously you always enjoy these episodes but guys who knows where the 2021 20, season is essentially headed but i don't think you guys are uh i don't think he expected it but i'm sure <laughs> basking in it that you can actually talk about for right now your first place houston texans
0: <laughs> yes sir we are happy about the win you know in. And- Jeff, to your point, I'm not going to say that we did not expect this win because me and John have been saying all along, every since the 2021 schedule came out, that if there was one win the Houston Texans could get, it was against the Jacksonville Jaguars in this very first game because you were going up against a rookie quarterback And you was going up against a rookie head coach. And besides, I know a lot of people out there believe that the Texans were going to go 0-17. But me and John never never expected that to be the case. Look, we don't have that many wins. And we are enjoying this very first game. This very first win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I'm not going to go as far as say we did not expect it.
1: Yeah, it's funny how it worked out. Now, John, I'm going to come to you with this one. Um, uh, You look at, you know, rosters, and, you know, it's sadly for you guys, you know, not a lot is expected of the Houston Texans this year. But when you look at a team like this and you hear, oh, there's not a lot of expected of a team this year, the first thing you think is you're going to look at their roster, uh, look at a roster, and you're going to see babies all around. But that's not necessarily the case. I mean, there is a lot of veterans, and right now for this team, there's a lot of veterans who are contributing. We
2: have actually a lot of veterans on this team. So uh I think one of the older rosters in the league. We do have a couple of uh 1 to 3 year rookies to 3 year guys on the roster like Nico Collins, uh Charles Omenihu, Ross Blacklock. Those are all first, second, third-year players that we really want to see improve on what they did the following year or, you know, now that you're in the NFL. So I think for Houston it is a good blend of veteran presence and leadership and a couple of young guys that you expect to be around longer than those veterans that signed to the roster. Because remember, Casario uh, went out and made a lot of transactions and a lot of these guys are on one- to two-year deals.
1: Yeah, and I think part of it is, is knowing that you're going to have to go that direction and get a lot of younger players in here. Maybe you want some veterans in here to basically lay the groundwork on you know how to do this here. Cody, my Browns fans want to know. And first things, and Nick Chubb, they asked him today, you know, what are you thinking so far when you started looking at some Houston Texans tape? And the first thing Nick Chubb said is, I know a lot of those dudes. I know a lot of those dudes.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. And, you know, what's funny, we actually had an opportunity to talk to Tyrod Taylor on yesterday, and he even talked about how crazy it is that the Texans have so many ex member of the Cleveland Browns. And you know, I look at this game and I say to myself, what's more funny about that is three of our best players, Tyrod Taylor, Kristen Kersey, and Pharaoh Brown. You remember you guys had Pharaoh Brown a few years back and Jeff, let me be the first one to say. I think the Cleveland Browns made a mistake by letting Pharaoh Brown go because this guy has been very good since he came over, since he signed with the Houston Texans last year. But the little hope that I see the Texans having of winning this game is going to come down between those three guys. Maybe more so Tyrod Taylor and Kristen Kersey because Pharaoh Brown, as of right now, he. Did not participate in practice on yesterday. Right now he's dealing with a shoulder and a knee injury. So his status for Sunday's game is in the air. But I take a look at three guys who are some of the most important factors for the Houston Texans this upcoming season. And it's funny because they was once members of the Dog Pound.
1: Oh, it's even more than that because you can get to Tavier Thomas. You can get to mm-hmm. uh, Terrence Mitchell. I mean, it, it's it's littered down there with a bunch of guys who ended up in Houston. And, I mean, look, you know, good for him and, and and it's just weird in a situation for me, you know, to even talk about anybody in the NFL and all of a sudden say, oh, well, you know, they're decent players, but they're not good enough to be the Browns. Just absolutely blows <laughs> my mind. But, John, on this roster, can you maybe, you know, talk to me about a guy or two here who, you know, maybe, you know, the national spotlight certainly isn't on yet Um, for those who didn't watch the game Sunday, you know, who are some guys here that can maybe eventually be the future of better times down in Houston.
2: Uh, I think you got a couple of guys that Houston can, you know, really build their foundation on. I'm a big believer of giving just due to the big guys up front. And we know Larry Tunstall is going to be here for the next couple of years, but Houston does have two guards on their roster right now. With better coaching than what Houston has had at the offensive line position with Max Sharpen and Titus Howard. I actually believe Titus Howard may be in a running to get his fro, uh, first Pro Bowl selection this year. But both of those guys are still in their rookie contract deals and they can be brought back for the next couple of years as Houston works to start building their foundation. If you already have an offensive line in place, and then, you know, everybody knows how difficult it is to find a complete offensive line, right? You can't just draft for Joe Thomas, you know, in a <laughs> lot of these drafts. Uh, so those two players are Max Sharpen and Titus Howard. I also look at Nico Collins being one of those younger guys that Houston really leans on for the immediate future. But I cannot, you know, not say Charles Romani, who, and Ross Blacklock, I believe, but more so Charles Romani, third year out of Texas, I think he's a player that Houston would like to keep around for the foreseeable future. Now, of course, I could have named the Zach Cunningham, who got his big contract last year, uh-huh. uh, a couple of more of those guys. But overall, the younger one- to three-year players, I think it's between Sharpen, Howard, uh, Charles Menehu, and Nico Collins.
1: It's, it's not a bad base. And look, you always need some building blocks. Um, You know, I guess for both of you, if you guys each want to take an opportunity here. um, I was talking with obviously some people Sunday and obviously with you guys winning your first game. You know, a lot of us talking, you know, because there's always that popular term of tanking. And, you know, what exactly is the Texans game plan here this year? But Houston doesn't necessarily have to secure the number one overall pick because like any other team, you know, who could be in contention or vying for that number one overall pick, Houston Texans still have a huge a very big tradable asset at their disposal (laughs) that they can use when they are ready to drop that hammer in Deshaun Watson. Obviously the whole situation and indications point that, you know, Deshaun Watson is never going to take it down in Houston again, but that's a huge ammunition piece that the the Texans can use towards putting together, you know, what could hopefully be, you know, what refaces this roster uh, in years going forward. Uh, You're absolutely right. We actually talked a couple of days ago about, you know,
2: the rumor of Houston receiving three first round p- or three picks, draft picks right now for Deshaun Watson and why they allegedly turned it down. And the point Cody and I made was pretty simple. If they're willing to give you three draft picks right now where you're not even fully through the season, we, we just started the season, so you haven't really evaluated your quarterback, imagine what a team would be when it comes around next off season, and you really need a quarterback because your team is ready to win now. That desperation kicks in, and then eventually they'll get the the haul back they want for Deshaun Watson.
0: And John, to your point, and Jeff, I'm pretty sure you can agree with this as well, but prior to these allegations coming out, We were all thinking and believing that we were about to see the biggest trade in NFL history since, what, 1988, the 89 season when the Dallas Cowboys departed from Hershey Walker and and sent him to the Minnesota Vikings. And we also talked about this this. The stigma that the Texans should just go head on and depart from Deshaun Watson now. No, it's because of his off field actions, is the reason why the Texans and Deshaun Watson is still in this weird situation where he's on the 53 man roster and he's not playing. Yes, Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston, but the Texans and Nick Caseria are smart, knowing that if they depart from here now, they are not going to come close to the big trade package that they would have gotten for Deshaun prior to these allegations coming out. A lot of teams, a lot of general manager, and to that point it makes sense that they're going to try to get Deshaun on a bargain given the fact that his trade value is brought down due to these allegations. Now, on the flip side of things, if I'm the Houston Texans and if I'm Nick Casario, I am waiting before I deal Deshaun because there is A, nothing wrong with waiting, and B, you are still looking at, Regardless of when they depart from Deshaun, you're looking at a transaction that is going to set up or hurt this organization for years and years to come. And Jeff, to your point, what's the game plan for the Houston Texans for this upcoming season? I know a lot of guys might not agree with this, but as a guy who is in the building talking to the players, talking to the coaching staff, the Texans are looking to compete.
1: Yeah, I mean, because, look, you could always say, look, at least we know what we got behind center. And and now it's, you know, eventually it's going to take for a a whole, whole, you know, change of the roster. And the other thing is, is, you know, what moves are you going to make? Because you're not exactly sure, you know, what you're going to be looking at in a potential quarterback post Deshaun Watson. It is Locked On Thursday on the Locked On NFL Network. Uh, We are sitting down here, uh, Locked On Browns, Locked On Texans. Breaking it down, we're going to flip the script here Uh, with the Browns under the lens here. Third segment, we'll get to some predictions, all that. Thanks, everybody, for being along for the ride. With every increasing
2: number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? Choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys. We can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30 50 or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey costs 353.99 at Advance, a big chain store, but it only costs 216.79 at RockAuto.com. Chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and it does not require a membership or account login go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Welcome back in, locked on Texans and locked on Browns fans and listeners. Jeff Lloyd, Cody M. Davis, John Sun Sports, Guy Hickman. We are back to discuss the Houston Texans and Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Baker Mayfield will not be facing off against Deshaun Watson, but you know, Jeff, you mentioned how we have a lot of your players, and although. You guys don't have a lot of our players. We do have one guy in common, and that's Jadavion Clowney. I want to talk about how (laughs) important it is for him to actually have a year. Hasn't had a year in a couple of years since the last time he played in Houston. Injuries have derailed him. Uh, Now he's going to be playing alongside the opposite side of Miles Garrett, a very good defensive front,
1: how important it is for him to actually dominate this year. Well, I think for Jadavion Clowney, I think the thing is to just actually get back on the field, you know, and, and play a decent amount of games. You know, everybody talked about how he ended up in Tennessee last year. It was one game and done. Um, but the Browns, you know, and the Browns, look, they met with Jadeveon, Well, they didn't meet with Jadavion Clowney, you know, last year. They spoke with him a ton, and they tried to set up the path to make it happen. It never did. It came down to money. The Browns were comfortable with what the Tennessee Titans were going to give him. And that's how it worked out. Now where he came back in more of the, you know, the price range of meeting the Browns and the Browns went with him and spoke with him several times in the off season and said, look, we will put a specific plan in place for you and we will not put a ton of pressure on you, you know, because we know your health, your legs, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a time issue, you know, where his legs only have so much left, but the Browns were very, very you know, conducive to that. And there's that understanding that bringing a player like this in, and this is one where we try to talk about it all the time on our show is you know, there's very few people that, you know, Jadavian Clowney can do the Spider Man meme with, and there's very few people that Miles Garrett can do it with, but they can kind of look at each other and be like, oh, hey, oh, yo, yo. Like, you know, when you talk about these ungodly, unworldly athletes, things they can do, not many other people understand. If anybody can understand the other in this scenario, Clowney, Garrett, Garrett, Clowney very much can, you know, understand each other in, in that type of way. But it ended up that he actually practiced a lot more than we thought he was going to didn't play at all in the preseason, um, and then came out week one. And you saw a lot of the things that made him so intriguing when he was drafted out of South Carolina, number one overall to the Houston Texans, the athleticism, the quick first step. And this is the one thing where I think he's always kind of gotten a raw deal is the fact that you know everybody just assumes because you know he's this big athletic pass rusher, he's going to be a 15, 16 sack guy year in, year out. It's never really been the case. But the thing that's interesting is, for as le- athletic as he is, normally these guys are always worried about sack numbers. He's really, really effective as a run defender. And I think that's one thing where people kind of lose the type of player he is because they only view the production from him as far as, you know, sacks, hurries, and things of that nature. He's wildly productive. It's just not always as a pass rusher.
0: Jeff, I'm pretty sure, and listeners, you guys as well, I'm pretty sure you guys saw the news that. Odell Beckham will not make his return on Sunday. He will continue to be out after that um, ACL injury that he sustained last season. And for some Texans fans, hearing that Odell Beckham is not going to be a part of Sunday's game might give them a little bit of hope that the Texans could actually win this game. However, Jeff, why does it seem like Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback when Odell Beckham isn't on the field. And I know that's not a shot at Odell's talent because I do believe he is one of the best wide receivers that the game has to offer today. But I just find it odd that those two guys are going into their, what, second, third year together, and they still have not found that chemistry that they need in order to be successful together, especially Baker Mayfield as the quarterback.
1: Well, the thing with, you know, Baker Mayfield is, and this goes back to his rookie year where, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. was still with the New York Giants. It's that Baker Mayfield will, you know, process quickly, find the open man, and it doesn't matter who you are, you know, fullback, running back, third wide receiver, fourth tight end, you're on the field, you're the open man, you're the guy, you know, who's getting the ball. And that was obviously an issue in 2019. The early part of 2018, um, when, with, with Odell, I'm sorry, the early part of 2020 with Odell Beckham Jr. Like, there wasn't a lot for Odell. Like, the Dallas Cowboy game, he had a monster game. But that was because Odell was winning a lot and getting open a lot. So, Baker Mayfield read the tea leaves, said, you're open, you get the ball. So, that's why we're, you know, there's definitely a lot of pause and hesitation, um, you know, about when Odell comes back. Does Baker continue to play like he played towards the end of last year, like he played week one, where it's just of, reading the defense, reading the coverage, saying, all right, well, this guy's open and getting rid of the ball. But in the meantime, Baker's growing confidence with so many other receivers and, you know, his confidence level with Odell is probably going to be equal to some of these other guys. I mean, Anthony Schwartz came in, and did a fantastic job. Austin Hooper. He has faith in David Njoku. He has faith in you have Kareem hunt. So as long as Baker can just stick within himself, And and it's difficult because, you know, you have Odell and you know how great he is, how talented he is. But you have to understand that it's about the betterment of all 11 people on offense. It's not just about making sure your top wide receiver gets the amount of targets he would so desire.
2: That's kind of funny. We're talking about Odell. Let's talk about Rashard Higgins, how important it is for that offense to have Rashard Higgins show up this week. Only played in four snaps on
1: Sunday. It's been interesting, and you know Rashard Higgins essentially did the Browns a favor by coming back in 2020. Other teams offered more money. He has this relationship with Baker Mayfield. It's on and off the field. On the field, he knows Baker very, very well. They read each other very, very well. Off the field, they are very tight as well. And it turned out obviously Odell went down. Rashard Higgins got you know his opportunity to start again. Had a really, really good season. Um, But now here we are this year, and you know Rashard came back, got paid over two million dollars. Um, You know, really, really good money for him. But the Browns still have Odell Beckham Jr. You still have Jarvis Landry. They have second-year wide receiver and Donovan Peoples-Jones, who had a pretty good rookie year and looks really good this summer. Um, Anthony Schwartz, who the Browns drafted in the third round, yes, he's the rookie of this group, but he walks into this room and there's nothing anybody these guys can do about the fact that this guy runs runs sub-4-3. There's nothing these guys can do, and it scares the bejesus out of defenses. It's you know makes you know defense coordinator stay awake at night, so it's it's a really really good group, and I think each week there's going to be a pecking order and it's going to revolve each and every week. And you know, look, if if, if it was something you wanted to play fantasy wise, I suggest you don't do that. Um, but there's going to be each week, it's, somebody's going to have a bigger piece of the pie, somebody's going to have a lesser piece of the pie. Game circumstances, things of that nature are going to uh, dictate it. Um, And I think part of the reason why the Browns wanted to make sure Rashard Higgins was here this year is because between Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., the Browns have two major decisions to make going into the 2022 season. And at least being able to keep Rashard around now, he can say, look, maybe, you know, you're here now, but maybe your true time to shine could be in 2022.
2: The game on Sunday was the most watched telecast on Sunday for any network averaging 19.5. Million viewers. Uh, it was also CBS's second most watched game in Week One as a season in season since 1998, and it was the most watched opening game since 2015. The Browns were one and one in primetime games last year. What does this Browns team need to do in order to close out primetime games and become a real serious threat against top teams?
1: Well, I think they were a real serious threat on Sunday for I'd say probably for about 48. 48- Forty-nine minutes, um, the Jamie and Gillian just dropping the the snap and then not having the wherewithal, which really seems odd. Um, you know, coming you know over uh, you know from Europe, he was very very advanced in those type of kicks. So why he didn't think he had enough time to get rid of it? But that was a crusher. I mean, where you gave uh, you know the can where you gave Kansas City the ball. I mean, that's just a layup for a touchdown for them. And all of a sudden, the Browns were on their heels. Their defense did step up one more time, get the ball back for them. Baker had his ankle caught by, you know, a blitzer that he didn't see from behind, ended up throwing the interception. I think they are there. I think the biggest key is going to be the defensive side of the ball, though. There is so much newness to this defense. John Johnson the third, as we mentioned, Jadavion Clowney, uh, Greg Newsom, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, Anthony Walker, Troy Hill. You don't get a lot of work in the summer. And as, uh, the Browns didn't play really any of their players in preseason games. And part of the reason was is, well, we don't want you to get hurt now. And we saw, obviously, we saw a ton of attrition injury-wise throughout the NFL in the preseason. So they're not there yet offensively. So to have to open, I mean, defensively. So to have to open with the Kansas City Chiefs was not good. There was no way to really get your footing underneath it. Also keep in mind, Roddy Harrison obviously got ejected early in that game, a player they have high hopes for. There's a lot of new moving parts, and there's a lot of getting to understand each other, either each other's tendencies. You know knowing how you know one player you play with is going to handle it in this defensive call, and you know how we're going to do it in this defensive call. It's going to take a little time. It's going to take time for things to mesh. Um, you know, knowing we were opening against Kansas City Chiefs, that was going to be an issue, and we all kind of knew it. Um, but I think there's going to be time here over the next couple of weeks and next couple of games where the defensive line, which looked pretty good between uh, Miles Garrett, between Jadavian Clowney. Between, uh, Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell. I think these guys are going to have some opportunities over the next few weeks. So the coverage concepts and everybody learning to mesh together within the linebacker unit, within the secondary unit, things should start to look a little bit better after that. We
0: are back and better than ever. And all eyes are on the football field as teams are back on to start another football season. And as always, bet online is your number one spot for all your pro and and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be your number one source for everything football. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all your amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKED ON. Betting on the NFL, the Texans, or Browns or football in general, does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Best podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: As we start to trend now, um, I guess, guys, we got to get to this point, and um, it's prediction times. Um, I'll let you guys go first, as obviously the Texans will be traveling the first energy in Cleveland here first. But the first thing I want to say is I think this game would have been a lot better for you guys if, say, the Texans – I mean, if if you get won or lost last week, I think that would have been irregardless. But if the Browns had found a way to pull that off Sunday in Kansas City, I think I would have felt more comfortable for you guys, at least for mm. maybe having a shot. Um, the Browns already now have a bad taste in their mouth, and the one thing that stealing a game against Kansas City would have helped the Browns was, hey, maybe you know, if we get a flat tire, or whatever, we spit the bit one of the weeks, in one of these games where we're a favorite, it's not the end of the world. We have that one in our back pocket. But the Browns right now are a little bit of a little bit of aggravated unit, knowing that they left a W in Kansas City when they got on the plane. So I, I I feel pretty confident in the way they're going to come out Sunday just because I know, and for everything we've heard and everything you know we've read to this point, this team is pretty frustrated that they did not come out of there Sunday victorious.
2: I understand they may feel frustrated and whatnot, but it doesn't take away that they were up, had a huge lead on the Chiefs. Oh, sure. And blew it. And so I think, you know, to your point of Houston would have had a better chance if they won, I think Houston – has a better opportunity now to beat the uh, Cleveland Browns with the Browns' loss to Kansas City. Uh, Everybody's picking Cleveland to have a big year. I'm also on their board. So I definitely believe that they will win this game, but not by a lot. I can see Cleveland pulling out of this game 28-22, and and they win it in the fourth quarter. Now, they could obviously go the opposite way. (laughs) Uh, you guys have Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, and I think Jadavion may purposely go out there to try to get a revenge game. But uh, this Brown team has to prove to me that they're ready in order for me to just really fully trust what they can do.
0: And Jeff, I 100% agree with you. And I actually wrote about this yesterday on the Texans Wire on one of my reports that, If the Cleveland Browns would have ended that game in a victory over Kansas City, that would have put the Texans in a position, a better position, to pull off an upset. And when I look at the Cleveland Browns, I'm looking at a team, one of of the teams in this league right now that entered the 2021 season with a lot of promise. And I know the last thing that they want to do is start a season where they had a lot of promise 0-2. So with that being said, I do have the Cleveland Browns winning this game 24-17. to And I know there are some people who are going to disagree with the score only because they think this is going to be an easy win for the Cleveland Browns. But even though I have the Texans losing this game, I'm hoping that this game proved that the Houston Texans, regardless of everything that is going on with Deshaun Watson, given everything that has been going on with this organization over the past year, it's a new day in the city of Houston, and they are still in the early stages of a rebuild. I'm just hoping that this game prove that the Houston Texans are not going to be this team where you look on your calendar and say, oh, that's going to be an easy win. This is a, I hate to say it, a better and more competitive team than what we saw last year. And speaking of last year, I also want to mention, and David Cully talked about this on yesterday as well, this is a team that has a much improved run defense. Last year when the Houston Texans lost, I think the score was 10 to three or 10 to seven to Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns recorded a total of 231 yards on the ground and both Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt each had over 100 yards in rushing. I don't think that repeats itself in 2021. Cause like I just mentioned, The Texans do have a much improved defense because they have better coaching and Lovey Smith has gotten here and changed the whole dynamic of this Texans defense. I'm pretty sure you guys are going to see it on Sunday, but like I just mentioned, I have the Cleveland Browns winning this game, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as a lot of people might think.
1: Well, and first things first is, you know, whether it's, I think, you know, the last I looked is anywhere between 11 and a half to 12 and a half. to say that the Cleveland Browns are an 11 and a half or 12 and a half point favorites against anybody right now um, that's in the NFL, at least, um, you know, maybe like, you know, a, a local Pop Warner team just still mm-hmm. seems crazy to me. Just, <laughs> I mean, it just, it, just from all the years I've been covering this team. And again, it, it, until you prove that you're winning games by these margins, you shouldn't be favored by these margins and even last year browns didn't really blow anybody out last year uh you know tennessee obviously they dropped a hammer on them in the first half game ended up close um there are other games that you know the browns went up big early and games ended up very very close so to think that you know they're a solid pet bet as an 11 and a half to 12 and a half point favorite just seemed crazy to me that being said if this offense comes out clicking right away and this defense can Take at least one more step from where they did last week and not have guys all wide open all over the field like they did. Look, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, they're fantastic players. Um, But when you can't find a defender within the screen, that's going to be an issue sometimes. Um, So hopefully they clean it up here a little bit. But I'm, I'm more similar in line, you know, 30-21, 30-22. I'm not ready to put this franchise, this Browns franchise, and say, oh, yeah, by all means, yeah, they can go out and beat anybody by two touchdowns. It, it, until you see it, you have no way to say that it's going to be a fact. Now, for the two of you guys, um, you know, with your coverage, and obviously, you know, as long as you've been with the podcast here, I, this is one question I did want to ask. How difficult is it now? Because obviously you guys are both fans of this team. How difficult is it to see where exactly this Deshaun Watson situation is because, and Cody, you said earlier, look, you're talking about one of the, look, whatever the off the field is and how that turns out, Mm -hmm. we can't talk about that. We're not legal people. We are football people. He was one of the best quarterbacks in this, (laughs) and he still is. There's no way around it. And sadly, he is not going to be a part of this franchise anymore. You know,
0: Jeff, to be honest with you, and I'm I'm actually going to just speak from a fan standpoint, to be honest with you. It sucks because... You know, you look in the city of Houston over the last, what, year or so, this is a city that has lost J.J. Watt, George Springer, and James Harden. You're talking about three guys who came to this city and made the rockets the texans and the astros and hell the astros won a championship for that matter you know they actually made them they they came to the city and actually made all three of those teams contenders and it doesn't matter what springer does in toronto what james harden does in brooklyn what jj watt does in arizona those three guys are going to forever be remembered for the time that they spent in the city of houston As for Deshaun Watson, what hurts me the most and what kind of frustrates me the most is the fact that we only had Deshaun for, what, four years? You might as well say three and a half because, remember, he got hurt midway through his rookie season, and wherever he goes, he's not going to be remembered for the time that he spent here in Houston. Yeah, they're going to bring it up, but they're going to talk about the great stuff that he did on the field for another organization, plus... He wasn't here long enough to build a legacy, and the little legacy that he did build is tarnished now given the off-field drama that he has going on. And look, Jeff, listeners, I don't know Deshaun. I only had an opportunity to speak to him briefly. Most of those times was on a Zoom press conference. But it sucks knowing that Deshaun Watson has ruined his career in Houston. He has ruined his legacy in Houston because everything that, because of the legal situation that he finds himself in. It sucks. And then on the flip side, Jeff and listeners, I kind of hate that it also put the Texans in a bad situation because, like I just mentioned earlier in the show, the Texans are not going to just move on from Deshaun Watson just to depart from the situation and depart from him and take pennies or, and take pennies on the dollar. At the end of the day, you're talking about a guy, once again, who is what, at worst, the fifth best quarterback in the league? Jeff, how many times a franchise quarterback who, who, who's scratching the surface of how good he's going to be, how many times can you say a 26-year-old quarterback starting to peak in his prom is on the market. It's, it's it's just a sad situation, man. And like I mentioned, the Texans, they need to take their time in dealing Deshaun because at the end of the day, whenever they depart from him, the trade package that they get back for Deshaun is going to either hurt this organization or help this organization. But with that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans and Locked On Browns for this crossover edition of the podcast. From Jeff Lloyd, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman, and Cody Davis. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.